Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Man. 50. <laughs> JR. B-Day, boy. <laughs> yeah. Man, I feel like money. Welcome back, Draws and Fades, episode 25. We'll be previewing the RBC Heritage at Harbortown in Hilton Head, South Carolina. I'm your host, Owen Rabel, my co-host, Matt Miller. What's going on, guys? Welcome back. And producer, Nick Boss. How's it going, folks? So, we got a lot to get into this week. Uh, we'll definitely recap the Charles Schwab last week. Shout out Daniel Berger for starting the PGA Tour back with a bang. Uh, Matt Miller, shout out you, shout out everyone on this podcast for jumping aboard that one. Um, what a weekend. What a weekend. Uh, and then we're right back at it. Harbortown this week. Um, we'll give a brief tournament overlook, Harbortown course info, previous winners at the RBC Heritage, um, some strategy, what we're looking for this week. And then, yeah, top of the board, middle tiers, some long shots and our favorite bets of the week and top tens and top twenties along the way. And um, as always, give us a follow on Twitter at draws underscore and underscore fades and on Instagram at draws and fades. Um, and yeah, we appreciate all the support. Last week was our most listened to episode. So if you've enjoyed the show, hopefully you've been able to pick out a few winners this year. And yeah, we'd appreciate if you guys could take a second to give us a five star rating and review on Apple. Definitely helps out a lot in terms of uh, attracting new listeners. So we appreciate it, and we're looking to stay hot. I mean, now I'm, I got back-to-back winners in a weirdly three-month time span here, but Tyrell Hatton into <laughs> Daniel Berger last week, which was, I mean, it was pretty awesome to, to see him pull this off on Sunday. On Saturday, uh, at the end of the day, I mean, you had three guys that you were probably thinking about. I mean, you had Xander in lead, and then Rose and Berger – Kind yeah, of and right even there. Answer, answer to was a like a few shots back too, but I I didn't have too much faith in him to win on Sunday. Right, right. But he was around. It's always nice to have a name around. Yep. But going into Sunday, I mean, all these guys were. If you had any of the guys inside the top ten, you were feeling like you had a shot. And there was a lot. <laughs> yeah. How many 14, guys were up there? Fourteen guys within three shots of the league going into Sunday, which is wild. I mean, it's almost. Like, if you bet the tournament, you probably had a guy that had a shot. Yeah. 
Yeah. If you took any there, I mean, and a lot of them were relevant guys. I mean, Rory was up there. JT was up there. Spieth, Bryson, uh, Bryson Rose, uh, Patrick Reed got himself in the mix. Bubba Watson had a good week. Gary Woodland, I thought, looked really good. Um, Jason Kokrak is looking like he's going to be a presence to be dealt with. Um, J, your boy JT Poston. So there were a lot of guys out there that played impressively throughout the weekend. But I'll be honest with you, going into Sunday, waking up on Sunday morning, uh, a little hungover, and I'm like, I, <laughs> I, Daniel Berger was not on the top of my mind at all. I'm like, maybe Speed can like string together some birdies here today, like maybe he gets his confidence back. And then all of a sudden, Daniel Berger's just kind of plodding along, and the top guys weren't moving. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Xander didn't push the pedal to the floor. He didn't get himself enough room. And all of a sudden, Daniel Berger's closing out 18 with a birdie, and I'm like, holy shit. I mean, he's closing in the into the clubhouse with the lead, and now anything's possible. But Yeah, it was a roller coaster of emotions on Sunday. Yep. I mean, it was in Morikawa's hands for a minute. But also, I mean, I have felt the same way as you going into Sunday. I thought, all right, Xander, just close this out. And I thought that the winner was going to get to like minus 17, maybe minus 18, which is the way it was going. People, there was enough guys around there. I'm like, someone's going to shoot like a 66 or a 65. And, but nobody did it. Nobody moved right. up top. Yeah. I certainly didn't think minus 15 was going to be enough to force a playoff or to, because I think tournament. Xander ended up shooting even and he was, had a chance. You know, I mean, he was only one shot off. Yeah. No, he ended up shooting one under, I believe. Cause he had ended up at, uh, 14, okay. he ended up at 14 in the tie with Rose and Bryson. But, Still, I mean, you thought at least on the back nine when Xander actually did kind of put he put in together some nice putts and then you're like, all right, he's kind of he's kind of even even himself out here. And then 17, he's got a chance for birdie to to get the lead to to, to take his uh, gain to 16 and then really just have to par 18 for the win. And he <laughs> he misses the birdie and then misses the the short lips out the short par putt and i was like oh man yeah, like that that, that was, was devastating to watch even though i was, and that was right for after to have a chance. gone in the water and then somehow saved himself with like a 45 foot bogey putt to make that like not that bad of a mistake right um yeah that was that stress Tough for him watch. was rough and then i because i had at that point i had xander and burger as like yeah. hope and it was like down to those two at morikawa and then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my God, I need Berger to make this putt on 18 because it looks like Xander is toast. Right. Yeah. And it looked, and actually, like, I had this, like, horrible gut feeling in my stomach. I, like, somehow you, we were going to make it to the playoff and you were somehow going to have two or three guys and then fucking college work. I was <laughs> yeah. going to win. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. Which is, it was, it was, that's how, that's how the roller coaster of emotions go on Sundays. Because, yeah, I actually had totally forgotten how much we, like, you had hyped up Berger and then me saying that I had envisioned him holding up the trophy on Sunday. <laughs> that all that kind of just came together at the last minute there. Um, but credit to Berger because he obviously wins in a playoff over Morikawa. Morikawa plays great on Sunday, misses the birdie on 18 to get to 16 under, which is like inside eight feet, missed that. And then Xander obviously doesn't get into the playoff with them. And he goes right off the tee and, but scrambles into a pretty good position to get par after Berger hits a second shot behind the green and kind of diminishes his chance at birdie. And so now Morikawa is looking like he's right back in this thing. And he lips out a putt just similar to Xander on eight, on 17, the first playoff hole. And there it is, Daniel Berger. Pulling up Daniel the Berger. 
Rocking, uh, yeah. the, rocking the plaid jacket. And just so what I said last week about how he's going to want to get this win because of all that stuff. He fell in the world ranking with his injury. All of a sudden, he's now 31 in the world. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously a huge win for him. He's right back where he was. Exactly. And I mean, we did exactly what what he wanted to do. I mean, just like that. He wins a huge tournament with a big field, jumps way up in the, in the world golf rank, has all the respect in the world now, and, and, and puts himself in a good spot where, I mean, if his game continues to play like this, like he's going to put in some top 20s, in, you know, over this next stretch of tournaments going into major golf. So he has now, be a force well, I think I saw um, 28 consecutive rounds of par or better going. So, I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Very ridiculous. So definitely Daniel Berger will be on our radar moving forward. That was nice to see last week. But <laughs> yeah. I'm not taking him this week as a back-to-back winner, but um, – I'm not either. I mean, his, his odds have certainly changed. That's for sure. Yeah. But shout out to Andrew Berger. Gives us a winner in the first in the first tournament back at the Charles Schwab, and it's I let's we just go from there. I mean, we I finished with a plus 47 uh, unit week, and you finished with a plus 43 unit week. Also, Speed finished in the top 10 for me. I butchered those odds on our on it, the ones that I posted. So I I was using the top five odds. So was a little lot juicier than than probably why I liked them so much, but yeah, the Spieth would cash at plus three seventy five and Burger cashed at plus five fifty. Um, and then Casual, you had uh, forty seven unit week. Yeah, <laughs> not bad. And then you had <laughs> Burger top twenty to go along with your Burger victory, Answer top twenty, and Connor's top twenty. Um, and I hit the Connor's top twenty as well. So yeah, great. Welcome back to the PGA Tour, and but we're right back <laughs> at it. We go to Harbor Town this week. RBC Heritage, um, and yeah, what kind of course info you got for us on Harbor Town? What kind of winners have you seen in the past, and uh, what should we be looking for this week? Yeah, so we're in uh, Hilton Head, South Carolina. It's par 71, 7,099 yards, uh, Pete Dye design. So it's a shorter course. Uh, you, It's got narrow fairways, and there's a lot of overhanging trees. So actually, on 10 of the 18 holes, you could be in the fairway and block from the green because you have the trees going into the fairway. So it's kind of going to be a lot of, once again, you're going to want to hit the right spot off the tee. Even yep. if you're in the fairway, you got to hit the right spot in the fairway. Um, the greens are going to be tough to hit. Five holes, you have water around the green, so that's going to be something to watch. Uh, scrambling will be key. The last six winners of this tournament have all been in the top 20 in scrambling for the week. Uh, quite a few of them actually first, so that'll be something to keep your eye on when you're looking at stats. 17 and 18 are uh, probably the two most you know, iconic holes on the course. 18, you go into the famous lighthouse. Uh, I know you kind of see that on – Harbor Town used to be in the old Tiger Woods video games, and I remember when you had the preview of the course, they always showed the lighthouse. Yeah, um, so that's her yep. most famous hole. But uh, 17 and 18 is going to be up against the Calabogie Sound, which is right there. So you're going to get some sea winds on there, and wind is always a factor coming in. But um, overall, it's a pretty – much like last week, it's a shorter course. You're not going to really be able to overpower it. So yep. uh, I saw the stat. Over the last 10 years, the average PGA Tour driving distance is 298 yards. At the RBC Heritage, it's 273. So that just kind of gives you an idea. You're 
25 yards shorter off the tee than on a normal course. And that's just because it's a real tactical course. You have to hit it in the right spot. You're not going to be able to crush it. And that's not to say that bombers can't play well here because obviously if you can hit the ball far, you're going to be way more accurate if you don't have to go as far. Mm-hmm. So those types of guys can still win. They're going to have to alter their style of play. But it just means, in my opinion, you don't have to be a long hitter to win. And we saw that last year, C.T. Penn was the winner here. He was minus 12, obviously not a very long hitter. The year before, Sadoshi Kadaira was minus 12. 2017, Wesley Bryant, minus 13. 2016, Brandon Grace, minus 9. And then Shim Furyk won in 2015. Again, not a long hitter. Right. Uh, yeah, so, even if you look at the guys who've kind of finished in the runner-ups, I mean, well, Luke Donald, for one, is the king of the runner-ups <laughs> at RBC Heritage at Harbortown. He has, I believe, five runner-ups, or at least four. And again, not a long hitter. Very accurate with his irons, not a long hitter. And it you go up and down that those the previous winners and guys who have played well here don't need to be a long hitter. But it's interesting because similar to the Charles Schwab, I would say that this isn't a stop for everyone on tour, so a lot of the longer hitters may not come here that often. It's but, usually yeah. played right around the Masters, right? Isn't that? I think I read that. So I, I, it yeah. might be the week after the Masters, typically. So I think, like you said, it's not usually a stacked field. Not to say that good players don't come here, but yeah, not nothing like this. No, again, it's the same same type of thing. It's not. It's it's not. Uh, one of the most visited events on tour. So, I mean, now you're going to get the top guys in the world. You have 15 of the top 20 guys ranked in the world that are here. And so, yeah, C.T. Pan, I don't think, faced the field that he'll be facing <laughs> this year, um, for one. And so, yeah, that, that I think that's certainly a factor into why the names of guys who have won are maybe a little underwhelming in comparison to some other tournaments. But Matt Kuchar's also played well here, and, you know, he hits the ball further than guys that we had previously mentioned. So we'll see how uh, how the, the big guys play, but it's fun to have them back again. Um, and it's actually something to mention, it's, which is kind of crazy when I saw it, but the past seven years, all of the, the golfers who won um, had a multiple-shot comeback on Sunday. Wow. So, so you're never out of it here. You're never out of it here. And actually, C.T. Pan won the comeback last year. But before that, Kadaira had been the sixth consecutive guy to win with at least a three-shot comeback. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, don't rip up those tickets at any right. point. Yeah. And it, it certainly it felt kind of similar to that last week where people were all kind of jumbled up. And, like, Patrick Reed made that jump into the mix on Saturday, like, this is another type of uh, course where if you're feeling it with your irons and your your putters draining birdies, I mean, you have a chance to go potentially low and get yourself right back into the into the mix here. So, and if you look at the last so the last four winners, the lowest score that won was 13 under par. Yeah. I'm feeling a lot of guys are going to be, you know, within that three four shot range going into Sunday because you're not going that low. Right. So it's it's all and it's all about the one big big day or big stretch of holes where you can kind of string together some birdies to get yourself back in it. Um, so today it should be it should be a fun week and we do have a lot of the top guys back. Still no Tiger um, and for some reason no Cantlay. 
again. Um, still no Fleetwood and still no Adam Scott. And it's, I guess, I, I think we're, we're going to see them next week, I believe. Uh, definitely Cantley. So yeah, we're going to start. Scott was talking about how he was worried about the coronavirus testing. I, mean, I guess so. Adam, you should probably get back in action because no one else is worried about it and you're just kind of <laughs> losing some <laughs> Yeah, but he, opportunity he to golf. Yeah, it's funny though because he doesn't even care about the layoffs thing. You know, what I mean, he, yeah. he did that and then kind of won a tournament earlier this year. So, um, and it's funny actually because Pete Dye courses. I found this that strokes gained over the last five years on Pete Dye courses. Adam Scott is number one. Wow. So he gains over three strokes uh, per tournament on Pete Dye courses. So would have been a good week for him to play. Would have been a good week for him to play. It definitely would have been a good week for him to play. But, hey, we'll start at the top of the board. Roy McIlroy, again, your odds-on favorite to win this week at 11-1, to 1, plus 1,100 on FanDuel. Um, and he's joined by Bryson, JT, and Rom as guys that are under 20-1. to 1, And Xander came in right, right at 20-1. to 1. So all four of those guys right at the top, all right back at it. And besides Rom, all had moments where they looked like they were in pretty good form last week. I mean, Rom was kind of surprising to me. I thought that him of anyone would have, because he looked as consistent as Rory kind of did at, at certain points over this year. And for him to miss a cut in the first tournament back wasn't exactly what I was expecting. That was so his first missed cut since that event last year. Which is that's a crazy yeah, stat, so. yeah. He, he doesn't miss cuts often, so I would ex- I kind of have a feeling that he'll bounce back this week, but his odds have kind of not really changed too, too much. I mean, he's at 18-1 to 1 when he was at, like, 14-1 to 1 last week, so um, I don't know. Do any of these guys tickle your fancy up top? These odds are under 20-1. to 1. Don't usually do much for us, but... Yeah, no, I'm not going to take any of these guys. I mean, obviously, they all have the opportunity to play really well. Bryson looked good last week. Uh, like you said, Xander, JT, Rory kind of gave themselves a shot at winning, but I'm going to go a little bit deeper. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely going to be going deeper as well. I and mean, we know, <laughs> we found a range that works pretty well for us over 50, yeah. to, over 50 to one, but between 40 and like 80 to one is usually a very nice zone to be betting in. But um, interesting to know, Bryson also hasn't had success here in the past five years. Besides he finished in fourth in 2016 so he's got two missed cuts and a fourth in the past five years. It's just interesting from Bryson. I mean, he missed all the cuts. He, he missed four out of five cuts at uh, Charles Schwab and then puts on a show last week. I, if he's, if he's going to attack this course with no mercy, I, I don't know how it's going to work. I mean, it's, it's going to be tough to do, but I, I can't put it past him at this point where he might be putting balls to 30 yards off the green on, on, on holes where, you haven't expected to see that. So Bryson's a wild card right now. I really think he's going to win soon, but 14 to one is just a killer number for him missing two out of the three cuts in the past four years. And it's just, it's a tough number to see him at. He's probably the toughest guy on the board each week to kind of figure out because he's a threat to win pretty much any week at this point with yeah. the way he's kind of developed his game. But at the same time, it's almost impossible to have more confidence in him than if you're going to bet someone up there. I mean, I'd much rather just take like Justin Thomas or, or Rory. Or, yeah. Or Rory. <laughs> yeah. I mean, or Rory or even Rom. I mean, he just doesn't have like the history he doesn't have that those pedigree. guys have. Of, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I agree. He's like really close and he clearly figured something out and 
it's working, but I just can't justify picking him. Yeah, he's tough. I, I'm, but I'm going to be looking for a spot to to wiggle him into my card because he's going to win soon. His his game is looking very scary. It's funny. We just need him to like miss a cut and then yeah, to have him drop back down to like the thirty right. range and then we need a little hammer. bit more realistic number. Right? <laughs> yeah, fourteen to one and only if th- only you know three off of Rory is like, come on, let's not be ridiculous. Like <laughs> he's got to at least win something to be able to to, to justify that, but. Um. Yeah, someone I'm going to be keeping an eye on certainly. And to, for what it's worth, I mean, live betting, I would consider if any of these guys are within three or four shots of the lead coming on into Sunday, and they have a pretty juicy number out there, take a look. Um, because like we said, comebacks are very possible here, and if anyone can have a low round, it's going to be these guys. Um, but yeah, as as normal, we will be sliding on down the list to more intriguing territories. Um. But two guys that were just prevalent in the last uh, tournament, obviously Xander, another tough loss for him, but he's back right back up on the odds list at 20 to one. And Colin Morikawa now at 27 to one is showing to be a freaking absolute force out there. I mean, he's he's right in the midst now of all the top guys, and he's a rookie. So yeah, he typically, I mean, I thought he was going to kind of crumble on the weekend. Sometimes his putter lets him down. And really up until like 18 where he had the putt to win and then obviously the playoffs, he was really good with the putter. He drained that long birdie on one of the late holes. What was that? Like 16 or 15, whatever it was. And it was like 45 feet. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. If he's making these, he's going to win. We're yeah, toast. He certainly wasn't feeling it, feeling it at all with the putter until he got to 18. And then, and then it kind of just didn't work work out for him. But, I mean, until then, he showed very little flaws. And also, his game is very fun to watch. He has He's able to uh, shape the ball really well. I think this course will be a great design for him. He's can can play a fade. He can play a draw. He's got a lot of different a lot of different shots in his arsenal. Which this is why this this course will be fun this week, especially for these guys we're talking about right now, because they all have. A, you know, kind of a unique ability to shape the ball. And that's what you're going to need to do here. You know, like we talked about, it's going to be harder to overpower this. So you're going to need to be precise with your irons. And Morikawa looked pretty awesome with his irons last week. And it's just crazy to see him at 27 to 1 now. So obviously, I won't be taking him at 27 to 1. But also, I love what he's been doing so far, clearly. And also, he's on my uh, inner pod fantasy squad. So, um, got to keep it rolling for him there but 27 to 1 tough to bet on him yeah especially given the way he lost last week i think it's tough to he's definitely gonna be hungry but it's kind of tough mentally to bounce back from that in my opinion and get yourself ready in three days to go be out contending there another one. yeah yeah i certainly i think he'll probably he'll keep his fine yeah, yeah he'll probably keep his uh made cut streak going like i think he'll keep doing that that's how consistent his stroke looks right now but i think yeah contending for that victory for this week will be tough for him i agree i'm on the same page Next couple guys, we're still inside 30 to 1 here. Um, Hideki Webb, Hideki Matsuyama, so he's back. Uh, Webb Simpson, Patrick Reed, Sung J M, Justin Rose, Jordan Spieth, all, all between 27 and 31 to 1. Um, and actually, a couple guys interest me in this in this uh, range. I like Hideki coming back. Um, Hideki, your boy. Yeah. Is there anyone that you like in this range that, I mean, it's not into the value range yet, but I think all these guys, you know, have played well last week and have the, the ability to, to potentially win. Although I guess Webb didn't play well last week, but. 
No, Webb didn't play well last week. He kind of intrigues me a little bit just because his history here is so good. Um, so I don't really know what I'm going to do with him. But uh, <laughs> I like Patrick Reed this week. Okay. Um, so he hasn't played here since 2015, and he didn't really have great history. But that's so far removed at this point that I'm not really too concerned about it, I think. You know, he's now like sixth in the world compared to what he was in 2014. I'm not really going to use that against him. He looked pretty good last week. He was seventh. Um, again, it's not really a course where he's, you know, his weakness is really tends to be with the driver off the tee. Sometimes he's not the most accurate guy. And that's where he loses some strokes. In a shorter course, he should be able to kind of club down a lot. And if he's able to hit enough fairways, he's 38th in approach, 38th around the green, obviously fantastic putting. So I think if he can get himself in the right spot enough off the tee, the rest of his game fits perfectly here. Uh, so I like him. I think he looked good last week. He's been working on this game. Um, and I'm going to roll with him. I'm back right. on the Patrick Reed train. I, I mean, I, I knew it wouldn't last long where you wouldn't, weren't taking him. <laughs> and uh, it, I know it was funny because he actually – he got himself into contention on Saturday uh, out of kind of out of nowhere and then looked like he was going to be a problem on Sunday. But so I respect the pick. I mean, 29, 29 to one is, I guess, where we're going to be seeing him at now for the most part. Um, so, yeah, I, I like Hideki in a similar in a similar uh, comparison to, to Reed. I mean, they both are excellent ball strikers and approach the green very well. I like it's always my top stat, really, is the approach approaching the green. And right now, you love the approach. Yeah, right now, Mets, especially at a course like this too, where I, hopefully you are clubbing down, like you said, and you're hitting it in the fairway or in the first cut, and you have decent approaches into greens. Um, Matsuyama is right now ninth this year in strokes gained approach, and I always like his ball striking. So he's coming off the so he missed last week, and now so we'll see if he has the same rust issues that. Some of the top guys did show last week, like Rom and Webb, um, by not making the cut. But I like Matsuyama with the 27 to one odds. And last thing I remember, about, yeah. last thing I remember him doing was going was shooting a course record at the players. So yeah, he was certainly feeling it then. Right. So if he's and that's been able the thing to, too, we talked about in the opening how the greens are tough to hit. I mean, if you have a guy that's going to be good on approach, and I think it's hitting as many greens as possible is going to be key. Yeah. So I, I'm 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 going with Hideki kind of off the idea that he's going to be able to continue the game that he had shown three months ago. But also he's he's one of my guys now at this point up here, and I hate for him, I hate for him to come out as hot as he was at the players and me not be on board like I wasn't at the players. So um, yeah, Hideki's my first guy. And and to be honest, as much as we talked about like the rust factor last week, we didn't really see it from that many of the guys. Yeah, like, a lot of the top guys looked perfectly fine. Yeah. So we no, might have been overstating that. Yeah, we may degree. have because they're and I think we actually nailed a lot of the points we did. I mean, we did talk about how we didn't trust DJ and Brooks and Brooks yeah. was Brooks was better than expected maybe at first and then kind of just faded away uh, on in the weekend. DJ looked horrible. Um, yeah, he. Yeah, Fowler didn't look good, and that was a mistake. Um, but, yeah, a lot of guys, but for the most part, guys look pretty locked in and ready to go. So I agree. I think Hideki is as good of a shot as the guys who came back last week is looking good this week. So Hideki's first pick for me. Um, and, I like you, I think Webb is intriguing. Uh, definitely likes to play here. 
29 to 1 after a miscut last week. I don't think the miscut's a big deal. I think he's one of those guys now also ranked inside the top 10. I think he'll bounce back. Yeah, he's a pretty veteran. quickly. He's yeah. not going to get. It's not like it's going to affect the flow of his game if he misses no. a cut. No. And he's not a guy that's been pretty dependable over the past year. So I don't think you're going to see two missed cuts in a row for him. I think he's going to bounce back and play well. Yeah. I w- I'm going to look into a top 10 on him at plus 340. That's. That's the most intriguing bet I see. I don't love the twenty-nine to one, but I think he could win this week, so I may ha- I may have to dabble with him. Um, <laughs> Sungjae in this range, not going to take, but also it's mostly a value thing. He looked pretty good last week, came back, and just like that, already kind of right back at it with another top ten. Um, and Rose played well, finished in the top three. And Spieth, I mean, proved proved me right to a degree last week. He came back and looked good last week, but. Now without the course history and there are a little still hiccups with the driver, it's it's gonna be tough yeah, to the take him at thirty one to one. He and the thing about Smith too is if he just he kicked himself in the foot so many times, I mean the OB, if you take this out of the equation, if he doesn't go out of bounds, he had a duff chip. And the four putt. He had the four putt. Without those, he's now at minus fifteen and he gets himself into a playoff. Yeah. So it's like the little stupid mistakes from Jordan Spieth that he just can't seem to get out of his own way on those little things. I mean he's so good around the green and you right, golf a but, chip and four putt. I, yeah. Well to be fair though, I mean that that was as close as he had been in a, in a while it's in a yeah. big tournament with a stacked field like that. So I and think Sunday the driver kinda let him down where he missed Yeah. A I think lot he has a lot more. to take a lot to, a lot of positives to take away for it for sure. So I think moving forward, he's obviously still in the top. You know, he's thirty-one to one. So the the respect has been given now Restored. back to Spieth, yeah. yeah, which sucks because he hasn't won anything yet. And now I'm, I don't know when I'm gonna be able to take him <laughs> again because I got him at forty-two to one last week, which is a lot nicer than thirty-one. So yeah. Um, but yeah, the next next group of guys is interesting. Some guys losing some respect here. Some <laughs> some guys gaining some respect. So Kepka thirty-four to one. Woodland at 34 to 1, Berger 37 to 1, Daniel Berger, one of our new favorites on tour, Dustin <laughs> Johnson 40 to 1, and Matt Kuchar at 42. So Kepka and DJ still sliding down these lists. Uh, DJ at 40 to 1, yeah, crazy. If you had told me in the beginning of the year at any point I was going to get Dustin Johnson at 40 to 1, I would have been so excited. <laughs> and I just can't even consider taking him this week. No. There's nothing positive about his game right now. And I think the worst part is they suck him in the feature group, and we had to watch him hack it around for an entire two rounds. Yeah. I, there I, wasn't I, any good shots in there. No, it's really bad. It's really bad. He, he Yeah. Because it used to be, too, with the driver, you would see, like, a glimpse of, of, like, something special every now and again. And that's like, he has no idea where anything's going. Ever. <laughs> no, he's – I don't know what's going on with him, but he better figure it out. Yeah. Not not what you're looking for in terms of uh, current form with DJ. He looks horrible. But it's, go- <laughs> it's going to be one of those times now at this point where the next time he looks good is going to be a surprise. So it could be this week. It might not be for another month. It might not be until next year. I don't know. But DJ <laughs> is not going to be someone I suggest betting um, in any time in the near future. Um, I, I kept it 34 to 1. I Similar to last week, I think that it's a decent value you get kept at 34 to 1 but without it being a big driving course i he wasn't hitting approaches close enough and he wasn't making birdie he didn't have enough birdie chances he wasn't giving himself enough opportunities so i'm off brooks but 
I do like Gary Woodland. Woodland looked good last week. Um, he also physically looked pretty good. He slimmed down quite a bit. Um, yep. He looks it looks really like good. he's like very serious about it. I mean, he said he wanted to play a lot. Of, I think 11 of the next 14 or something he was talking about, and he wants to be in shape to be able to do that. And he looks really like he had been working hard over the break. And up until Sunday, really, he was very consistent and played very well. He got off to a little bit of a shaky start, but then was playing as good as anyone in the field up until the contact yeah. nine on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, I was shocked to see what he looked like. I mean, he in com- complete opposite direction of Bryson. I mean, Bryson puts on 45 pounds for this, for this, yeah. ho- for this home stretch and Woodland's losing 25 pounds. It's crazy. That's, um, I mean, and, he, it, and it might work for both of them. It's, yeah. It, it, clearly it started to look work for both of them right off the bat. I mean, Woodland's face was skinnier and everything. Yeah. So he attributed it to being prepared for the home stretch and feeling like his cardio was good and just being feeling not tired as this, as this season goes on. So great start for him. I mean, he finished at uh, solo nine, I believe, and um, just a lot of good things. His irons look good. He looked accurate off the tee. His putter, he made some big putts. Um, there were moments there where it looked like he would he was going to get involved in being a real threat on Sunday too. So I like Gary at thirty four to one this week, and I think it's going to be a combination of you know him not having to be long off the tee, but also being accurate when he is and then being able to dial it back in with his with his uh, irons. Strokes gained approach, Gary Woodland, seven this year. So I think he's going to be as locked in as he was last week and seems like a perfect time for him to get back into the winner's circle. So 34-1 with Gary Woodland, my, uh, my next pick. I like it. I think that that's a good pick. I think he's going to play well. I think it's a pretty good number, too. 34-1. to 1. I mean, he won the U.S. Open last year. He's yeah. pretty consistent. I don't know why he's really not given the respect on the board of some of the other guys. But There's just so many guys now that, I mean, have shown the ability that they can win. So, I mean, yeah, you get Woodland at 34-1, to 1, I'll take it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I, I'm not going to pick him, but I wouldn't be surprised if he won, and I think that's a good pick. So, Daniel Berger, getting a lot of respect now, 37-1. to 1. I'm not going with the back-to-back winners. I all all love the Daniel, but we're gonna. I'm moving past him this week. And it's funny because he's now he's now ahead of Dustin Johnson. So <laughs> um, Matt Kuchar, someone who we mentioned having some some core success here. I mean, he's got two, two three top tens in the past five years, um, a ninth in 2016, fifth in 2015, a two in 2019, and um, and he won in 2014. So pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good for, for Matt Kuchar, which is uh, pretty so bad not, for us. Because yeah, pretty like bad for us. Because <laughs> I'm usually trying to figure out a way to not take Matt Kuchar. But, well, my reasoning this year is going to be 42 to 1. I never like Matt Kuchar at really any number, but it just seems too low. And also, he has to now play with a much different field. So he likes to play this course a lot. He doesn't always have to see 15 of the top 20 golfers in the world. This year he does. We'll see. I I, I expect him to play well, but I don't know. I, I, don't, yeah, really, I'm, I, I don't really see I'm it. just not going <laughs> to. I'm just never going to take Matt Kircher under yeah. any circumstance. Uh, right. So hopefully he sucks. But right. I, it doesn't look like he's going to based on the history. But it, it doesn't. we're hoping this year is different. Yeah. Right. So, all right. So we got one more guy before 50 to 1. And then – 
we got a lot of guys in that fun, juicy territory, about thir- about 20, 20 guys, you know, between 50 and 100 to 1. But Brendan Grace, does he tickle your fancy at all? This 32-year-old South African at 45 to 1. Um, no, no, not personally, but I could see why he would. He looked pretty good last week, and he's a guy, too, where you got to keep your eye on if the wind happens to pick up here. I mean, he's one of the best wind players in the world, so that would benefit him greatly and he looks like he'd be working on this game a lot yeah um so i was just throwing it throwing you a bone there to see if you were on brendan grace but i am on brendan grace <laughs> um because i really did like the way he looked last week and although last week i was definitely not rooting for him because we had all these other guys in the mix and brandon grace was kind of sticking out like a sore thumb as someone i did not want to win but this week he does like playing at harbortown He's won here at, in 2016, a seventh in 2015, and a 11 in 2017. So Brendan Grace uh, coming off of last week's performance, and for some reason I always think that he's like older than he is, but he's only 32, and despite looking like he's <laughs> yeah, 42, um, he he looked good. So I think that his number is a little bit lower than you would typically see because he has played well here. But 45 to 1, I, I kind of wish it was like uh, 55 to 1, but I really do like the way he's played here. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take a shot at Brendan this week and also going to take him as a top 20 as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's a pretty good pick. Um, I'm not going to be on him, but like I said, I mean, if the wind picks up, he's certainly a guy that um, can benefit from that because he's going to be better than almost everyone in the field is you know playing in the wind he's known to be very good at that um, so, so i'm sending some wind vibes uh down <laughs> mother down nature south. yeah sending some wind vibes to south carolina um so now hey we're at the 50 to 1 territory are there i mean of these guys i know there's going to be a few that tickle your fancy so who, who is it going to be we got hatton fowler finnow it's patrick answer scheffler lowry hovland i mean there's a lot of guys yeah, here i Okay, so uh, I wasn't going to do it, and now I just don't think I cannot do it. I'm going to have to get back on answer. Um, I think that he's it's coming soon. He looked really good last week. He was in it. Um, he finished in 14th, but he was only three shots back going into Sunday, and he looked pretty sharp. He's another guy he, that I think on like short courses, that's more up his alley. So I'm, I'm probably going to now, right on the spot, have to get back in on answer. Um, I consider Fitzpatrick too, but I just don't really trust Fitzpatrick to close out tournaments at this point, but yeah. he's been all right here and it's kind of a course that fits him well, but I'm not going to do it on him. Um, I think I'm going to get back in on answer. What, what are you looking at in this range? So, um, so I mean, right off the bat, Tyrell Hatton, obviously welcome back. Um, he's currently the, the leader in the clubhouse of strokes gained approach on the season. He has less rounds than a lot of people, but he obviously, when he's locked in with his irons, he's as locked in as anyone. And he certainly looked that way. Um, when we saw him at, uh, the Arnold Palmer. So I am intrigued by him, but I'm, I'm looking more towards a top 20 bet with Hatton. I don't, I'm not necessarily confident that he's going to win two tournaments in a row on tour. So, I'm looking Fair. down, down, looking down a little bit further. I, 
I like that Scheffler, I mean, that one week where he he finished 55th and now he's moved down 20 points on the, on the odds list. Like, I like that a lot. So I'm Yeah, also, it's almost like ever forgot he was playing so well over the break. So he's also on my top 20 radar. Um, I'm not I'm not going to take him to win, but I think that he's he's someone also you look out for a first round leader. Um, I thought he looked OK last week. I mean, he finished minus three, I believe, in 55th, but. Uh, showed some promise, and I never thought he was out of it for his for my bet on him this for top ten, even though he definitely was. Um, <laughs> and I like Kevin Kisner a lot this week. I also like Kevin Kisner a lot this week. So I'm jumping right back on board with Kisner. Um, Matt, why don't you tell us why you like Kisner this week? I think people know I always like Kisner, so I'll let you give your spiel on Kis this week. All right, yeah, well, he's made the cut here each of the last six years. Uh, he's got two top tens. He was a runner-up in 2015. Uh, he played pretty well last week. He was 29th. He lives in South Carolina, so South Carolina course, kind of right up his alley with the style, too. Shorter course. He's an accurate guy. He can get hot with the putter. And another reason I really like him is this is a Pete Dye course, and Kevin Kisner is a Pete Dye specialist. He won the WGC in Austin, which is Pete Dye designed. He had a runner-up at Sawgrass and a runner-up at TPC Louisiana, which is Pete Dye. So I think this style course, the design, it's right up Kisner's alley in his home state that he lives in. Uh, I think there's a lot to like about him this week. Yep, I mean, I'm all, all over it with Kiz this week. I mean, another course that he likes a lot. Um, obviously finished as a runner-up in 2015, the top 10 in 2018, and 11 in 2017. So lots of like in terms of the course history. And it he does, his game matches up perfectly for this. Um, he doesn't have to be long. As long as he can be accurate off the tee, which he typically is, he can give himself opportunities at birdie. More often than not, and if his putter is as on as it can be, he'll be knocking in a lot of birdies and should be in contention on the weekend. So, I love the that Kiz is getting respect. You know, at 65 to one here. I mean, you could you could expect almost to see a higher number with him. So I like, I, but I do like that he's getting the respect here. It makes me feel more confident in the bet. So I like Kizner at 65 to one too. And again, someone else I'm also looking at for a top 10 or top 20. Um, Right now, I'm seeing him as a top 10 at plus 750, which is very, very tempting. But That's top, pretty juicy, yeah. Yeah, that's a very juicy top 10. Um, and I double-checked that. That is not a top 5. That is a top 10. <laughs> and uh, top 20 at plus, <laughs> plus 340. So a uh, lot, lot, lot to be excited about if you're kids this week. Um, he definitely feels comfortable here. Uh, Southern boy in the south. Feeling pretty comfortable, especially rolling after last week where he he also hurt himself at the end of the day on Saturday. He finished with like two bogeys on his last three holes. Um, so he f- ended up finishing 29th. So I think he's feeling pretty yeah, he confident. Yeah, he could have had a game. better finish than that last week too. Like he did not – he played fine last week. He could have easily been in the top 20. And it's been, almost yeah. better that he finished that way because now we got him at a better number this week. Because he if he went like top 10 his. last week, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. Get a little pissed off Kiz action, and that that's I like Kiz when he's rearing to go, ready to rock. So I think he's gonna be motivated this week to show up. And 65 to one is too much to uh, too much to handle. I can't I can't not take it. So um, so speaking of guys who have actually 
are going to be in this stretch going to be relevant, I think. Bubba Watson played well last week, and now he's a week um, away from one of his favorite courses at the Travelers, um, yeah. where, he, where he's won three times. So Bubba, at 41 years old, still looking like he's got some game. I mean, he finished seventh last week. And he surprised me last week. He was like 120 to one or something, too. Yeah. So now his odds are down into a way different category. Obviously, his game is looking pretty good. So I'm not going to take him, but it's someone to be to be looking at if he plays well this week. To keep note of that, if he is in the 50 to one range for next week, you might have to be firing that away. I agree. Um, yeah. But continuing this, in this uh, field, in this uh, range here, I do like Jason Kokrak. Uh, as a top 20 bet in the 65-71 range. He played really well last week. Guy that hits the ball really well off the tee. I mean, he definitely crushes the golf ball, but he also played well, really well with his irons and was knocking in putts and finished at T3 at minus 14 in a very stacked field and is now also getting the respect of the odds makers at 65-1 to um, and also has some good course history here, three top Three top 20s and a top 10 in the past five years. So Yeah, he actually looked like he was going to, you know, he went off earlier on Sunday, but he had a real chance to find himself into that playoff. Little did we know at the time, but he looked like he was going to get to the minus 15. Yeah. He missed like a fairly easy. Uh, no, yes, he definitely had a chance. He definitely had a chance. I mean, at that point, you didn't, we didn't think, think like, that was gonna be it was going to be like relevant, but right. like it would have been in hindsight. Yep. It could have been, could, he could have been very relevant in hindsight. Um, so, yeah, he's kind of my surprising guy I don't take often, and he's kind of moved up now the odds list. But Kokrak, I liked what I saw last week, and I'm going to give him a go at top 20. Um, that's that's my play on him. Another Canadian. So, Corey Connors hit as a top 20 last week, Canadian. Let's see if Kokrak can do it. I didn't even know Kokrak was Canadian. Look at that. Well, if I made that up, he might not be Canadian. I don't know. I, I don't know <laughs> um, so, all right. Who else do you like in this range below 100 to 1? I mean, we'll get into our long shots. Um, I know we yeah, have a so, few of them, but we're coming down to the guys that are kind of near the ends of this top tier where you feel like you could bet them to win. But Yeah. Um, so, a guy I was looking at to win, I like uh, JT Poston. He was... The postman. Uh, the postman. He impressed me last week. He had the top ten. Uh, he, you know, hung around, looked good. He was sixth here last year in his debut. Uh, he's a Carolina kid. He's from North Carolina, not South, but a lot of similar style courses in the Carolinas with the, you know, tight fairways, the trees, uh, yep. a lot of dog legs. Played his college golf at West Carolina, so he's real familiar with these style courses. He's good in this region. His own win on the PGA Tour came at the Wyndham in North Carolina. So I think you get Poston, you know, feeling good from last week, good in his debut here. He's back in his region where he's comfortable. Uh, I think he's definitely in play this week, and it looked like his game was pretty sharp coming out of the break. Yeah. I, I mean, he looked really sharp last week and definitely wasn't intimidated by the field at all. He finished as, um, you know, inside the top ten and also finished in sixth here at RBC last year. So. Uh, I like the Carolina the Carolina factor you're going with there. Seems like uh, this should be something where he's very comfortable down there yeah, in the Carolina. Yeah, I got an angle so. on the postman. You got an angle on him. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny because he hasn't quite delivered. I don't believe for you, but he has. He would have delivered last week if you took him. So I know. Yeah, I should. That was my mistake. I 
lost faith in him, and now I'm paying the price. Right. Well, now, hey, he's he said also a younger guy, 27, um, which we we had been on the lookout for guys that were motivated to get off to a hot start. He's certainly one of them. His world golf rank is as of um, last week was 65, so he's actually moved up in the golf ranking, and that's exactly what guy type of guys we were looking for. So yeah. Um, yeah, he moved up from 65 to 76, or from 76 to 65. So, yeah, posting on the lookout to get into some bigger tournaments. So, I like that pick. Um, he's not one of not not on my list this week, but a guy who also is typically not on my list, who's up here that has played insane at this place and seems like too good to be true, but also a good bet. Ian Poulter. Yeah, he's. I know you were looking too. at Ian Poulter this week. Oh yeah, yeah I'm on Ian Poulter as well. Uh, so yeah, Poulter absolutely slays it at Harbortown. Um, four top twenties in the past five years, finished 10th year last year, seventh year before and 11th in 2017. And I mean, he finished in 29th last week. So right there with Kisner and similarly had moments where he looked like he could be in contention on the weekend and had a few slip up holes where he bogeyed too many and kind of played himself out of it. But 70 to one, another top 20 look for me. Um, he's, I feel like he's just the kind of guy I hate. I hate him because he's he's just that Euro that's a thorn in your side, a thorn in your side. <laughs> all of the Ryder Cups and uh, I just he, his personality throws me off. But he seems like too good of a bet to not kind of take for a top 20 here this week with all the. I'm gonna take him out, outright too. Wow. All right. um, yeah, I mean, he's got good history here. And you talk about another guy where if he can find the fairway, he's 30th in approach, 32nd around the green, and 30th in putting. So he's really in, like, the top 30 in all of those categories that you're going to be looking for as important this week. Yep. Uh, my concern with him last week was just kind of he's an older guy, what he was doing over the break. But he came out and looked pretty sharp. So. Uh, you know, it looked like he was in good form, and he's at a course where he's comfortable at. Obviously, some real good finishes. Um, yeah, I was actually surprised to see that he's played here so much and that he's obviously had so much success. So it's similar to Kuchar. Like, the success is not as impressive when you know that it's not the biggest names in you know on PGA Tour that are in this field every year. But nonetheless, he certainly likes the course. So Yeah, and he's another guy where if there is wind, uh, he's comfortable in the wind. Yeah. One of the another guy that can shape the ball well. Um, do you does uh, Horschel do anything for you this week or no? I mean, he he does, but I I don't love him. I, I, I ninety to one is is a very juicy number for Billy. That's for sure. Um, especially a guy with five PGA Tour wins and does have a top five here in the last two years. Ah, Billy, Billy, Billy. I don't know. <laughs> I looked at him for a while. My concern with him is on approach. Um, he's been he's losing strokes on approach this year, which you absolutely cannot do here. Right. Uh, I think he's going to turn that around, but he also lost last week. I was kind of looking for a way to spin that so I could take him, but <laughs> with him struggling with the approach, that is just going to be a recipe for disaster this week, and I don't know <laughs> if I could do it. I maybe like consider working him into a top twenty, but uh, I don't think he's going to be able to do enough to win this week. Yeah, no, I certainly don't think he – I mean, I've kind of driven myself away from that thought that he's going to win this year because <laughs> it certainly doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Um, 
But also, shout out Billy. I mean, he, he got named to be into the PGA Tour 2K21 game, didn't he not? He did, yeah. And Kevin Kisner. Shout out both of them. That was surprising. Yeah. Um, great It's surprise. like they're listening to our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Billy, a fan, a fan favorite. You know, we're a fan favorite of his, but I we're going to need to see a little bit more before I uh, – put any money on him but there are other <laughs> there are other guys in this range who i thought were intriguing um to a degree Corey connor's played well last week his odds have now been cut in half basically to win he's at 80 to 1 sabatini is at 80 to 1 yeah Benion, i'm intrigued on sabatini yeah sabatini 44 year old also similarly to polter came out looking pretty good last week yeah um, and he's uh he's played here eight times in the last 10 years he's got three top tens uh and uh, two additional top 20s. So he's two missed cuts, but he hasn't missed it since 2016. And his game, actually, in the past like, years, looked pretty good. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. He's 44 <laughs> years old, but he's ranked inside the top 100. Uh, obviously finished 14th at Charles Schwab last week. So He still pretty- uses that like stupid yellow ball. Yeah, like which kind of <laughs> just like throws me off watching him. But Him and, him and Bubba. Yeah. yeah, it's just like, I would prefer he just used the regular white one, but um, he's starting to look like a guy that's like a decent like top 20 pick. If you can get him at a course, he's pretty comfortable with. Yeah, I don't think Sabatini's a bad uh, bet here at top 20, that's for sure. I He's at plus 470 top 20, so I think you're getting pretty good value there. Um, I mean, there are some other guys in this. I, I'm going to get to Brent Snedeker is someone I'm looking at. I was looking at him last week to play, and he didn't play. And I haven't really seen any details on why. So it's a little bit scary um, <laughs> for me. So, but he, he, I had him written down as someone to look into at 90 to 1 just because, I mean, he's, he's, he's won nine times on tour. He is, he is 39 years old, so not kind of the, the profile that we're looking for in terms of motivation. But I would keep, keep your eye on Sned. Uh, for he's looking maybe at, at like a live bet on Sunday for me if he like plays, <laughs> if he plays well during the week. Well, it's uh, another pretty good at, fit for him, the course though. Yeah, don't have to be overly long. I mean, he just hasn't done anything crazily impressive here in the last five years. But yeah, don't have to be overly long. And I love Sned's irons and I like his approach. So I think he could bounce back with um, showing something. But it's weird to see him kind of. I, I would expect him to see a little bit higher up, but. Uh, yeah, Rafa's also here, Joaquin Neiman, Benny on, Adam Hadwin. So none of these guys really do much for me right now, but I liked how Neiman came out last week and put up a decent performance and, you know, finished 32. Yeah, didn't quite get me in my top 20, but... But respectable. He was solid. Yeah, he yeah. was kept himself in the mix. Respectable. Um, all right, so, I mean, yeah, I've put out there... I put out probably like seven or eight plays so far, but I do have a few guys written down that are over 100 to one. That yeah, I, I think... have one on the 100 mark, and then I have two deeper. So I got a couple guys I think are worth a a dabble with the log shot prayer, and also a top 20 bet, and and then other than that, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much my card is going to be. A, I I got a little bit too aggressive with the top 20s last last week, <laughs> and I think it's something to note that the top 20s are going to be difficult to get, especially when 15 <laughs> of the top 20 guys in the world are there. So the farther you go down the odds <laughs> list to pick a guy to finish top 20, it, he probably has 
just as good of a chance to miss the cut. So <laughs> I had a few too many guys to miss the cut last week, and that's just, that just kind of just takes me. I then I just win. I have no chance of winning, and it's all hope is gone. So I'm not gonna go as far. I'm not gonna go as far down this week. And uh, even though I had a had a nice week, we're gonna go into I, yeah. What what do you have? I have a guy on a hundred to one. Are you deeper than that? Um. Yeah, definitely. Deeper. Okay, I'm gonna go with uh, Graham McDowell. Okay. At 100 to one, um, he's played here every year since 2013, so, and he actually won in 2013. Um, he only has one miscut in that stretch, and he's got three top 30s, which isn't great. Um, but he's real familiar with the course, plays it every year. He missed the cut last week, but he was minus one, so he was kind of right on that cut line. I don't think it was like bad enough for me to steer away from him. Right. Uh, he's it, it's a coastal course, so it's not. He's a great coastal golfer. It's not really your traditional coastal course because a lot of it is lined by trees. But you have some elements, 17 and 18, you get the sea winds. McDowell's another guy that's good in the wind and good kind of in those conditions. Um, another so, Euro guy, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to just kind of throw a dart down there and Graham. I, I don't know why. I'm always kind of drawn to him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he just kind of makes me laugh. He's just a yeah, goofy, fun guy. Right. Um, so I'm going to go with McDowell here. He's comfortable on this course, and I think he can sneak himself into the top 20. Yeah, I don't hate that pick I because I have a similar style of uh, game to Graham, and uh, I, like Luke, <laughs> I like Luke Donald. Uh, and you have really. a similar lifestyle of liking to drink <laughs> a lot of beer and party and have fun. <laughs> and, yeah, have some whiskey, play some golf. That's, that's the Graham McDowell lifestyle. So uh, Luke Donald, though, 42-year-old. Um, just absolutely loves to play at home. I, like I said, not to earlier, be confused with uh, Luke McDonald. Not What's to it? be confused with Luke McDonald, like the guy at the the Arnold Palmer. Yeah, that was an embarrassment. So uh, embarrassing. So and yeah, he got Luke the hometown Mc- wrong. Yeah, yeah, he got everything wrong. Luke, Do- but yeah, Luke Donald, former world number one, um, and his his five runner ups here. Uh, it's just and a couple thirds too. I think seems too good to be true to be getting at 130 to one. I get it. <laughs> He hasn't like he clearly has not been his best. He's ranked, you know, 350th in the world. So. <laughs> yes, but understatement. Yeah. Yeah, 130 to one is you would you would actually think you'd be getting even a better number. But, but you know what? Last time you picked him, he paid off for you. Yeah. No, I know. I think him as a <laughs> so top you might 40, be like the like, Luke Donald whisper. Yeah, it could be the Luke Donald whisper. So I have him. I'm I'm taking him at top 20 plus 470, and uh, just a sprinkle on. Uh, and outright. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's, that's certainly something. I I do like the top twenty pick. I can't get behind the outright, but hey, dude, uh, you just took Graham McDowell to win outright. Let's, yeah. let's see. I mean, Luke's got more wins than Graham on tour. It's fair. Yeah, he's only two that's years older. True. Luke yeah. is former number one. Yeah. So that's that's my first long shot prayer. But it, it, it's worth noting that, I mean, there are tons of guys in this list that we're not potentially referencing that we have bet before that are, are inside 200 to 1 that could be good top 20 bets as well. Um, obviously, Harold Varner played well last week. Kevin Streelman has some decent course history here. Um, Ryan Palmer, someone you mentioned last week. Max Homa, yeah. who let me down last week. Um, Maverick McNeely. Well, actually, I thought he made the cut and he played pretty well last week. I yeah, he did. He had a pretty good finish. I was looking at him a little bit last week and yeah, he finished I decided 32. to go with some 
bad choices instead. Like Jimmy Walker, who's also in this list, and I would right. advise staying away from if I were so, you guys. It's funny because if you go down, I mean, we're looking at the our cheat sheet here, and uh, now that we're down this far, a lot of missed cuts down here, guys. And this oh, is yeah. why all my top 20 bets were toast from the beginning. Danny Lee, Chaz Reeve, Jimmy Walker, Munoz, Grillo, Emiliano Grillo, get out of my face. Um, <laughs> Jim Furyk, uh, worth noting, uh, really loves Harbortown as well. He has, Yeah, and he played decently last week. Right. So, I mean, he has two victories here. And he's another he, guy that's not – yeah, he's not a long hitter, but this is – we talked about it. He won in 2015. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, his game's not uh, – it's certainly not out of – out of whack at all. I mean, he came back and finished 49th, not super impressive, but he had definitely shown some moments there. So I would look at Jim Furyk as a top 20 bet potentially, but I, I just don't love that he's at 130 to one at 50 years old. So yeah, I would prefer him in like the 230 to one. Right. Which is <laughs> kind of where down closer to where he was last week. Uh, so Chucky three, six actually played pretty well last week. He's down in this range, 150 to one. Um, Johnny Vegas, another guy in my squad, looked had moments of brilliance last week. <laughs> Shot, I believe, six under on the fir- on uh, on Thursday, and then over par for like, the next three days combined. <laughs> um, I mean, individually over par for those next three days, <laughs> and then finished at what, like 60, 60th. So, um, yeah, made cup. So yeah. These are the, some of the guys that I'm going to try to stick away from for a little while until maybe the fields start to, to thin out. But I think I got a little aggressive with the top 20s going down too far. I really have to like someone to take someone down this far, <laughs> which we are getting to because I do have one yeah, more play. But, I have so. two more plays down in this range. Um, well, hit me, hit me with one of them. One is at the 190 to one range. I'm going to go Jason Duffner. Um Taking he, Jason Duffner, Matt. Okay. Duff Daddy. He was uh, 67 last week, so he at least made the cut. But he played here nine times in the last 10 years, and he only has one missed cut. So Duffner, familiar with this course. Uh, something that – a couple facts I like about Duffner. So coming out of this break, he's rooming with Justin Thomas and Ricky Fowler. Um, they're all living together and using the same chef. I think Wait, it's like, what? Per, yeah, so it's like, per, <laughs> uh, I think like precautionary They're um, because of the virus and everything, they're keeping their roommates. So it's Justin yeah, Thomas, who, Ricky Fowler, and Jason Duffner living together. <laughs> and they that's have amazing. Chef. Yeah. So yeah. I think Duffner is going to, you know, he tends to be a little bit lazy, but I think that's going to keep him on track living with two guys <laughs> who work hard at their game. Um, I also like Duffner because he's one the Zurich and the American Express, with which are both Pete Dye courses. So he's back here on a Pete Dye course he's familiar with. He's won on two other Pete Dye designs. And down here at 191, I think there's some reason to give Duffner a little bit of a look. Yeah, well, he's he, his odds are better than his world golf rank, at least. <laughs> down there Duff, the th- down there struggling, but I, I'm feeling a Duff revival. I liked it. I like Duff. I do like that that theory. I, that is hilarious that he's living with Justin Thomas and uh, Ricky Fowler. Yeah, it doesn't um, really seem like there would be like the. It doesn't seem like the, the mix. people living together, but and yeah. the chef maybe he'll be eating a little bit healthier. Yeah, well, but that 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 part is where you lose me because I like Jason Duffner fat and happy. Like <laughs> we can, we can't be having him having too good of a diet, dude. Remember, he got skinny. <laughs> Jason Duffner was not good. No, but maybe skinny Jason Duffner part two could be. 
better. Maybe. Maybe. But it's I comeback know. season for Duff. And oh, my God. This, this is the week perfect. where it starts. Yeah, no, this is perfect. He's actually listed right beneath the guy that I'm looking at, which convenient, <laughs> conveniently and luckily, I think I did mention him briefly last week, but didn't take him. And <laughs> yeah. th- thank- thankfully, I didn't because he missed the cut. But Russell Knox, welcome back, buddy. 34-year-old Scot- <laughs> Scotland guy. Um, yeah, 210 to 1. And it's hard not to take him this week for me because I, I do like his game. He's 13th in strokes gains approach. And his struggle this season has been getting off the tee and putting. But ne- neither of them are neither of them are horrible in uh, in actuality. I mean, he's around 140th. So I mean, he just needs to put those together in combination with his irons being being good. So I think he's pretty close. And at RBC Heritage, he obviously loves Harbor Town. So finished 18th in 2015, second in 2016, 11th 2017, and 40th in 2018. So. I like him as a top 20, and obviously I'm going to just dabble with the, the plus two to 210 because why not? Plus two. two <laughs> I mean, 210 to one, I, I, that's about as low as you can go and feel like you got a shot. But, hey, Russell Knox, <laughs> I'm going to go I, yeah, with Yeah, I don't know I mean, how much of a shot that you have on that one, but uh, it's All right, Mr. Giggle Fest, I didn't laugh at your Jason Duffner pick. Yeah, well – there was some pushback on the Jason Duffner pick. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Knox likes it here. To spin it in his favor, I mean, he's only 34. Uh, I thought he was definitely older. Um, but, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's, he's a veteran. Four he's, years ago. So. Yeah. And, yeah, if there's wind, he's another guy that's from Scotland. He's a pretty good wind player. So, yeah, we'll see what he does this week. Maybe Knox can get back on track. Wow. Thank you. Appreciate that. No problem. Um <laughs> So is there anyone else you'd like down here? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously 210 is a pretty laughable vet, but um, anyone lower that you might like? Uh, well, yeah, now that you mention it, I have a guy that's way down here. Um, I probably wouldn't advise him as a win, but um, I'm going to take him for a top 20, Doc Redman, uh, who's way down here at 321. Yeah. Um, 58th last week, so he made the cut. He only played here once, 2018. He got a 50th, so, I mean, not great, but he did play college golf at Clemson, so South Carolina angle there. Uh, he grew up and lives in North Carolina, so he's kind of got that JT Poston uh, uh, Carolina thing going for him. He's 14th right. in driving accuracy and 36th in approach, so... Um, if he's accurate and his approach game is good, I mean, I'm not going to lie. He's pretty bad at putting and around the green, but we have talked about before how you can get hot putting, um, on any given week. So maybe if you get a little flash in the pan here for Doc Redman, he could sneak into that top 20 if he hits enough greens and he's far enough down here, South Carolina connection. I'm going to give it a look for kind of a long shot top 20. I like it. I like it. Doc Redmond, 22-year-old, probably haven't heard much about him, but up-and-comer, <laughs> 320 to 1. Um, this is a huge field, by the way, also, so that makes all the bets that more difficult because, obviously, if there are any of these guys that are down towards the bottom, decide to have a good week, um, like 50-year-old Ernie Els, potentially, or 57-year-old BJ Singh. Or Dennis um, Clough. Or KJ Choi. Yeah. 
Bill Haas is back. He couldn't putt to save his life last week. I think he lost almost 10 strokes. <laughs> but um, is, that a, is that factual? Yeah, he lost like nine strokes putting. That's in two, insane. Yeah, in like two rounds. Yeah, because he missed a cut. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, not good for Bill. But there's a lot of guys here. So we certainly have a nice, juicy card again. And I have, I think, about eight or nine plays lined up that I will get out on Twitter this week. Um, there are not too many guys that I like don't like a lot this week in particular, but Dustin Johnson is someone that I, I think people sh- most people should stay away from for the time being until they see, see a little bit. Um, yeah, other than that, that's what we're working with. I got Hideki, Woodland, Grace, Kisner, um, and also I mentioned Kokrak, Donald, and Knox, as, as well as Poulter. So... We got a lot of names out there, and hoping for another winner on my end. But uh, what do you? What I mean, we'll we'll throw this out on Twitter again to just to, yeah. to recap. But um, yeah, I, I have think I, was... I have Reed answer Poston Kisner Poulter written down for you as as outrights with yeah. the potential of uh, Duffner and, uh, <laughs> and Doc, Doc Redman. So uh, yeah, I don't think I'll be taking Doc Redman as an outright, but I might throw Duffner in there, and then I have. Uh... Top 20s, I'm looking at GMAC, Sabatini, Duffner, Redman, and then uh, probably maybe mix in a little, you know, Kisner or Poston. I'll get him out there this week. Yeah. Um, we'll get out yeah, there this week. Are, we'll have the those are the guys odds. that we're looking at. Um, yeah. And who knows? We get another long shot winner. For you guys, I know a couple people jumped on board last week and it paid off for Daniel Berger. So perhaps another group win over 50 to one would be certainly nice. Well, who would that be? Kisner. Yeah. Kisner. Or Paul. Or uh, I guess you're not going to take Paulner out. Paulter out, right? But I, yeah, I just don't think he's going to win. But if he does, good for you. But <laughs> I don't think he's going to win. But, <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that for this week at RBC Heritage. Next week, we are back at it again at the tr- with the Travelers Championship. With, which, actually, unfortunately, we were planning on going to in Connecticut. Yeah. Um, if all things considered, we're... If we were in a different time period without the pandemic, we would be there, but still no fans. And I mean, for the time being, I think we have fans back in, in, yeah, in Ohio. Um, uh, but like uh, I just said the PGA Championship was on with no fans, so it's going to be. I think it's eventually going to be thing or? week by week. Yeah. Yeah. So, but at least we have golf back. So the no golf. fans really didn't make a difference to me at all watching on TV. No, I didn't. I didn't. Um, there's I really no didn't notice. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a couple shots. Actually, guys got screwed because it would have went like into the gallery and the ball would have stopped rather than, you know, keep rolling. Um, but yeah. Oh overall, yeah, of course. But really visually, care. it didn't. Visually, it didn't do much for me. Yeah. Like didn't change too much. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's good. We got another episode coming out next week, and um, we will shoot out all our picks on Twitter and Instagram. And until then, we appreciate all the feedback and support we've gotten. And we look forward to getting back after next week. So until then. Thanks for listening, guys. And we'll see you again next week. Later.